Lineup. Lineup. Locked. Locked. Where every day is Sunday. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Are you ready for some football? Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and find us on Facebook and YouTube. Now, get ready. Ready? And lock it in. It is that time. It is that time to lock it in. We have a special pod for you this evening. I am Zach, your host, as always, and I'm joined by a special player two and player three. I've got Matt Goodwin and Luke Patrick on the line with me today. Say hello, gentlemen, in unison, if you want to. How's it going, Zach? Pleasure to be on. Hey, man. Zach, happy to be here, man. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. Absolutely rock and roll. Now, these two gentlemen are with the RSO Reality Sports Online. It's a very different way. I've actually heard of Dynasty and heard of different ways of playing fantasy. Uh, they've been explaining it to me before the pod. I've been catching up on their podcast, which is, let's see, I've got it right here. It's the All in Reality podcast these gentlemen are on, which is a great listen. You should subscribe and check it out. And both guys are all about this. So the best way for me to describe it before I give the floor to them is if you're a Madden player, it's like Madden Fantasy Draft meets Fantasy Auction Draft assigning contracts, and then you go from there. So I'm going to itch for both gentlemen and let them just explain it to you, the listener, so that we can all uh, get an understanding of this awesome way and uh, awesome alternative and, and more different ways to play Fantasy. So we're going to start with you, Matt. Matt, hello. Welcome to the pod, sir. All right. Th- thank you. Um, first off, pe- people can find me on Twitter, um, at MattGiddy2. Um, people can find the podcast all about reality, which make the very RSO-centric reality sports online, for the most part, a little bit of crossover to some other stuff, but mainly RSO-focused, is that can be found at our hub. is anchor.fm slash RSO podcast, and then you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, you know, all the majors there. Perfect. Are you also, you're on iTunes and uh, Spotify as well, you said? Yeah, we're on like 10 or 11 different um, platforms wherever people, you know, can consume podcasts. Very cool. Very Consume the podcast. I like it. <laughs> all right, Luke, say hello to the peeps and tell them where they can find you, sir. What's going on, everybody? I can be found on the Twitter at Fantasy Doc Ox, D-O-C-O-C, so Fantasy D-O-C-O-C. Um, yeah, we're really looking forward to doing this with you, Zach. It's, it's really nice to uh, hear from different people across a variety of platforms, and I can't recommend enough just to somebody who enjoys playing this stuff and and it kind of lives into it and leans into it as a hobby. Uh, we are not going to point you wrong when it comes to Reality Sports Online. Very good. And it's funny because I was trying to explain to my wife at dinner tonight uh, about this form of fantasy, and I wish you could have seen the blank stares across my wife's face. She goes, but what if your team's terrible? I go, well, well, babe, if your team's terrible, <laughs> you're going to have to kind of deal with it and, and go from there. So before we get into the explanation of RSO, uh, I do have some funny, uh, funny just kind of things going on in the world that I wanted to talk to you guys about. I like to start every pod to kind of break the ice that way. 
So first off, Harrison Ford, 77 years old yesterday. 77. And he's working on a new Indiana Jones right now, by the way. Dude's still rocking it. So we'll start with you, Luke, because you were commenting on the, the toys in my background here with all my collectibles. Is it Solo or is it Indiana Jones? What's your what's your iconic, or is it other for Harrison Ford role for you? Oh, no, they're, they're, those are the only two options. Let's be real. I'm not okay. a Blade Runner guy. I'm nothing like that. So, But I, I have to say, and, and Goody's going to have to bear with us a little bit, we can nerd out on a different line uh, here. <laughs> and yes, uh, with a name like Luke, uh, of course I defer to Star Wars in most instances. But full disclosure, just back a week or two ago from, from Disney World, and I was selected to be on stage for the Indiana Jones ride. Oh. And I got off, it was awesome. And when I got off stage, my daughter, and it was a nice daddy-daughter moment. It was just my oldest and I, and I'm, and I'm a college professor. And she said, Daddy, is that the kind of professor that you are? And it really <laughs> struck a, uh, like, pulled to my heartstrings because I hope that is the kind of professor that I am. But I have yet to go on, like, any kind of international adventure, avoiding, wow. like, planes and blowing up but so after all that i have to say as much as i love indiana jones i do think solo and his his place in my childhood and in my future i hope with my own daughters solo is the one for me well the the first step is to buy a satchel i think that's that's step one (laughs) and then uh, and then you're i have the hat (laughs) yes so uh so matt for you is it is it solo or is it uh, indiana jones well, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention like one of Harrison Ford's greatest movie lines ever, and I think I think that would be an Air Force One to get off my plane. Yes. Um, just, just I had to throw that out there, but um, I, I think for I think for me as a, as a child, like I I don't think I kind of caught up with the Star Wars as an adult, but I would I would say like Return of the Jedi was just my jam as a, you know as a youngster, so I think I would have to go solo. Oh man, I I would yeah, it's solo for me. And what's crazy for me is that I remember I was a child. I'm 37, so I was a child, and I you know, was on VHS, and I was watched Empire Strikes Back for the first time. And I, my mom didn't own the movies. I went over to a friend's house and just watched it. I was mentally messed up in the head when he got frozen in carbonite. Like it jacked me up. I was like Indiana Jones just got frozen because I'd seen Indiana Jones first, so I kind of was too young where I kind of related it to the same name. And uh, my mom had to take me to Blockbuster to Return of the Jedi immediately to like get my mind right because I was just, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, seven-year-old Zach could not have dealt with what happened in the latest, you know, Star Wars. Whenever it, you know, when his son, his son ended him. I've got to jump in one more time. Yes, please. I'm a big hip hop fan, and have you ever seen like the parody series on um, YouTube? Um, Epic rap battles of history. Yeah, yeah yes. Like, I just the, the, the Darth Vader ones in that are just amazing. So, like, in case anyone's missed that, like, I, I've seriously had oh, it's good. Four asthma attacks laughing at those. Yes, good. They're all over YouTube. Absolutely, that is a must. That is a must check out. It, what a bad dude, man! It is a, the age of the older fellow. You've got Arnold and Terminator, Gen- or the new Terminator, Donna Fate coming out. Linda Hamilton kicking butt in it as well. Yep. You got another, another. Uh, what is it? Another Rambo, and then we've got another Indiana Jones. Good for them, man. I hope. I hope when I'm seventy, I'm still rocking it like that, man. Yeah, when I'm seventy, I'm just hoping to be able to turn on my mic to podcast. Period. Yeah. You know what I mean? like, like, like that's that's where I'm gonna be. At. Can, like, I'm gonna be like, what's going on? Can I still set my lineup when I'm seventy? Is, yeah. is that something I could still do? Do my fingers still work? Maybe not. Let, yeah. Let's be real. By that time, we're gonna be like. 
we're going to be virtually like on the field with the players. Like it's going to yeah. be the craziest thing, you know. It's yeah. going to be amazing. Giving yeah. mental fantasy pep talks to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the next thing I have before we get to the foosball is American Pie, debuted twenty years ago this week. Twenty years. I was seventeen years old going into the senior year of my high school. That is insane to think about. It 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 really does feel that old because my reunion's coming out for twenty years. But wow, twenty years, man. What do you what do you guys have to say about that? Anything? Are you fans of the franchise? Uh, so funny, funny thing here. So I grew up uh, in Salt Lake City, Utah. I myself am not LDS, but m- most of my friends were Mormon. And as you might imagine, American Pie did not fly oh. in that, that subculture no. did the, across the rest of the country. Probably not. So, and my parents are like very sweet and very straightforward Midwesterns. Like it's very by the book. Um, and so like that wasn't really part of my – I don't remember it being a significant part of my experience like because of that, right? Like I certainly ended up seeing it like later on in college or something because I'm right around the same time frame as you, Zach. But I was like – but it was it never like hit as a cultural like zeitgeist like the same way it did across the rest of the country. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, uh, my my experience is totally different in the Midwest. I was a year out of college on that, and that was like the first movie I recall just being super excited about. Like yeah. post, I was living in Michigan at the time, you know, it kind of took place in Michigan, and well, later w- learned that that my wife went to college at University of Michigan with the director Adam Hers. Really? Or one of his one one of her best friends was friends with him through like the you know, the Jewish camp circle and all that. So I, I think, you know, for me, that movie is definitely called classic. I, I even was very excited about the sequel, and then it kind of tailed off a little bit. But, like, the, the Steve Stifler character was just so, so genius as, like, someone who was coming out of college and just, like, knew probably, like, ten people were exactly like that. Oh, man. I think I you was know, that guy. It's like, the, it's like the, the awkward interactions and, like, the Eugene Levy character or, like, it's just you know like timeless in that I think in the awkward father son talk and then you add it adding like Shannon Elizabeth's hotness and all that oh know. it's great and the yeah. wild thing the wild thing about all of it is that that movie probably couldn't even be made nowadays with the the climate of the world we're in and about just it's a, we're in a different time like you think about the movies that came out the same year as that it was like South Park bigger longer and uncut Austin Powers. Like, the day of these kind of raunchy comedies is over. It's done. It's not a thing. Yeah. Unfortunately. As, as a father to daughters, now I'm just happy about it. I'm like, yeah, they yes. have their runs. That makes like, sense. Like, get it out of this nonsense. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, at this point, I'm just like the character in the movie that's ready to, like, slay all the people watching the movies, right? I'm just like, that. Like, what? stay away from my family. I'm going to destroy well, everyone. So. I, I have a teenage son, and he's been yeah. secretly... We know about it, but we finally asked about it. But he's been picking up his girlfriend uh, from from, uh, from work every day at uh, when awesome. she gets off, right? And he takes her home, but her stepdad doesn't know. So today we're like, you understand that you're going to get like chased with a bat or get a shotgun. He's like, nobody's that crazy. You're like, oh, stepdads and dads are. Yes, yeah, they are. are that crazy. Like, <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> Banking on the people aren't that crazy is a life lesson we have to all learn. Right? Yes. Like, yes, 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 <laughs> they are. Like, 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 totally Watch totally American crazy. Pie. 
That's why. Right. So America, and then like you're you're saying like the stepfather doesn't know. That's like reminds me of another classic Euro trip with the song. Yeah, Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. It's, it's, it's great, but I I, <laughs> st- it, it, I think you I think you live in Texas, right? Yes. Yes. The yeah, Cowboys. I, yeah, I'd be pretty careful with some of the the fathers of the. Oh, I know. Folks I was dating if I was I was in Texas. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's it's a dangerous place for sure, for sure. So speaking of crazy. Um, you know, if you were just, if I was a casual fantasy player, okay, and just played in a redraft for league, non-keeper, didn't even know Dynasty exists, and, and hey, individuals like that exist, this is a redraft podcast, so I'm sure some of our listeners aren't too versed in Dynasty and everything else, so this is next level to Dynasty, and uh, it was best explained to me off air, which will we'll give you guys the floor to it now, and Matt, we'll start with you. It was best, this this form of fantasy is basically explained, it's like an auction draft and kind of dynasty merged into one with a contract uh, kind of aspect to it as well. So Matt, I'll give the floor to you. Explain all of this RSO greatness to our listeners. Right. I, I mean, I think the real, MB, the real MVPs of RSO players are their spouses who let, let them play in the in this format. But I, 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 all, all joking aside, I think RSO is really based on, you know, it, it's it's kind of taking the NFL GM experience and like the Madden piece and running and having you run a franchise over, you know, a championship window contention or a rebuild or anything else for as long as, you know, you, you play you play in it. And like the, the key piece of that is the proprietary free agent auction basically and and what that does is that there's an out every time a player submitted in an auction bid um you're basing it on 188.2 million nfl salary cap and um from there you're allocating your budget however however you want if you do idp stuff there's defensive players in the mix if you you know we have a rookie draft there's franchise tags all those things outside of like the regular you know auction cycle but it's basically you know how it is best explained to me by you know the folks who, who run it who own it they you know matt papson and stephen wendell um and now our cto kyle english is involved too like I, I think is basically like it compresses nfl free agency what takes place over the course of months from starting in march and and takes it into you know four or five hour period so okay. um so how, how it mainly works nuts and bolts an agent acts as a player's. It, 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 there's an a, there's an algorithm that acts as the player's agent. And when when someone say Luke's the first person to throw out a player, and he throws out Christian McCaffrey. Okay. And Christian McCaffrey, he's throwing out. It starts off with a, some type of minimum bid, you know, minimum bid amount. And then quickly, there's buttons that are dynamic in nature. And those buttons have a guaranteed money, so contract money you're eating. If that like fifty percent of the deal, if that if that player gets hurt, you cut them. Whatever, you're on the hook for that. And and those buttons are for basically you have a certain allocation depending on you can customize your league settings. You have a four year contracts, three year contracts, two year contracts, and one year contracts. And then you know in the one year contracts, that's where you have like you can pick up your minimum 500k free agents or whatever guys that are kind of interchangeable and you can drop from week to week. So so not only are you managing like your long-term assets and the guys like OBJ and, and you know, like Dalvin Cook and, and like all these guys on that, Travis Kelsey, like those guys on that spectrum, like and how you're deciding how long you're going to keep them rostered on your team, you know, up, up to four years. And then down the line, there's things like 
fifth-year first-round rookie extensions and and also multi-year player extensions. So wow. It, it, so it's, it's basically taking the NFL GM experience with the same salary cap the NFL has, and th- but it's allowing you to customize your league scoring settings, your you know, and, and like your roster spots, everything else about it, tailored to how you want to play fantasy. So it's, it's it's really like a step up from your traditional dynasty, where you just you know you may have a, a player, maybe you have had Adrian Peterson for ten years with the life of like him being useful or something, you know, with no repercussions for dropping him. So there's there's a lot more strategy and game theory involved in that. So one question before I hand it over to Luke. Can you assign who you give the contract to and for how long? So you can say, hey, I've got DeAndre Hopkins. I want, just give me a one year on him, but I want to do four years on Dante Foreman. Is that a, is that an option you have? Absolutely. Totally is an option within the parameters of how your league settings are. So the commissioner or the people, okay. there are a lot of people who do these leagues, like they, they, they're kind of hardcore and they stay in it a while. So they'll build up like a league constitution and they'll right. vote and, you know, collectively on, hey, we're, we're going to go with, you know, two four-year contracts, three three-year contracts, two two-year, and the rest, you know, one year, and then, you know, you, and of course, you could trade. You, you know, if you decide to trade like your rookie draft picks, which are on a rookie wage scale for which are cheaper, if you hit on those, those are gold. Like, if you want to trade your future for one of these guys to lock them in long term, you know, then maybe you have more four-year contracts than another team has. If you feel right, like right. Okay. All right, Luke. Yeah, so Matt spoke a little bit nuts and bolts with you. And, and Zach, I want you to think about it this way. And this is the elevator pitch that I gave to many of my best friends a few summers ago. Okay. Who I was I was not in a fantasy league with. Um, I was deep into reality sports online. And so imagine I came to you, your, your colleague Jenna, that plays with us in, the, in, our, in our listener league. Yes. And I, basically I said to, to my friends, I was like, look, we, we don't have a lot of occasion to talk to each other regularly over the course of the year. The best thing about Reality Sports Online, and I came to it because one of my best friends pulled me in, is like Goody and I are in the middle of May negotiating trades with each other, with our with our other league mates, and and you know, like we have like a dynamic group chat going on. We and it basically I pulled in French that I had like obviously was so close with but that that had drifted a little bit. And I said, This keeps us in touch year round. And you can step into it or step away from it as need be, right? Like, Goody's right. The hardcore players tend to be the ones that are drawn to it first. Mm-hmm. But I would say that, that anybody can come play in this format. And as long as you have somebody willing to commit as the commissioner and keep things running smoothly, the rest of us can just go and have a good time. And if we're like, <laughs> oh, crap. Like, like if you're like looking at your roster, you're like, I don't, I don't want this guy. Like, I don't, I don't want like a cowboy on my team. You can... You can pay to like, you can be like, all right, I'll trade away Zeke, and like, I don't want to deal with his nonsense, whatever arrest he's going to have during the offseason. I'll just trade him for like a, a, a lesser player, but multiple cheaper contracts or multiple draft picks. And it really is like a GM. It really is like a GM. It just gets you gets you wow. playing year round, and I, I think it's more fitting. It's it's easy to sell that to my friends, and it, it's worked out that way. I've built up some relationships because of this format. That's awesome. So. As far as a question for me, and I imagine my listeners have the same the same question, it, this is a league where you do IDP, right? This is the driving force of it, I would assume? You're not picking no, a team defense? Uh, this is funny. You, it's a, That's a good question. It's wildly customizable. And one of the best things about this format is, again, coming to it four or five years ago, uh, 
Kyle English, who's now the chief technical officer, is instantly responsive. The short answer to your question is, you whoever the commissioner is can set it up. It can be IDP, it can have Sweet. defense, it can have a kicker. Um, the, the one that Goody and I play in is a super flex with with multiple starting and like 10 bench spots so it's got it's got a lot more starters and puts an emphasis on that and 10 bench spots but yeah it's fully customizable for people who are familiar with my fantasy league it has much of the customizable options but imagine less uh less drama and a little bit use more user-friendly interface i've played on both and i just loved rso awesome so matt if somebody is listening to the pod right now and they're like man okay i dig it this sounds awesome this sounds exactly like something i would be into i know seven to ten guys that I can get involved or, or gals that we can rock and roll and do this. What's the first step? Uh, I, I think the first step is to go to realitysportsonline.com, the website. Um, I, in, and ideally do it from the from a desktop because I think it shows good illustrations. There's also mock drafts, sorry, mock, mock auctions that you can get once you sign up like via email. You can kind of do a free trial and see what it looks like how the interface is to see if it's something that you feel like is something that you'd be, you know, would be of value. I mean, there also, if you have any questions, you could reach out to them. There's a inquiries at reality sports online.com. And then the Twitter handle at reality sports on something else where they, where they're interfacing with people. And if, if you really want the nuts and bolts and the strategy of how you say, okay, fine, I'm in, I want to, I, I want to. I want to do this thing. How do I need to set up my league or anything else? I think Luke, I, Luke, and I at this point are like forty podcast episodes deep, and I'd say you know the first the first season of it, the first few episodes, we want to establish our credibility before we brought in some big name guests. I mean, I'm I'm lucky to be a number fire alum and have you know access to, to like the Graham Barfield of the world. Right, right. Um, luckily, this week, my former editor JJ Zacharyson late round QBs coming on the pod. So I, I, I think that you have a lot of content and strategy and, and, and we and we continually talk about it. Like we're we're not focused on redraft leagues on this podcast or anything else. So so we're redoing like mock rookie drafts midway through the season. Like what would happen? We're we're talking about ADP and we're pulling data that we get from our chief tech, technology officer Kyle English all the time to say here's current state what an ADP of a rookie draft in Reality Sports Online looks like for most of you who are looking at four-year contracts on, you know, in the first and second round. Of these right. Guys. Well, because it is draft season for everyone right now, regardless of which way you shake it. And uh, Graham, Graham Barfield, that's a good that's a good name drop. That guy is phenomenal. His Twitter stats are so awesome. God, he is one of the better follows. Can our listeners reach out to you on Twitter as well? Is that Okay. If they're not yep. the, uh, you know, that pot, unfortunately, Absolutely. some people don't listen to nine podcasts. Some people listen to a hundred. So if they can, right. they can reach out to you guys if they want and subscribe to the podcast and, and learn because I'm into it, man. Let me ask real quick. This question's for Luke, and then we'll we'll keep we'll move on right along. Let's say that I've got seven guys that are about it. That I'm like, all right, man, we're gonna get this going. Should I create a league of ten and have three dummy teams that we run as a unit since it's basically driven as a dynasty and you don't want to reset it after one year would you say do that and just try to fill those three spots as time goes or would you just make it an eight-man league or are there ways around that what would you do if you can't find or is there a a forum or is there somewhere they can go to find and meet these people that would join the league and want to play yeah good questions i i i'm i 
think one, the short answer is yes. On site, <laughs> there's a there's a forum that you can go and like there's like I'm always tempted just because truly because I love it so much that I'm like in such a like a degenerate about it that I'm like I should join another league. I want to do a startup this year. Like I want to be able to like actually get like Barkley right because like the only people that own Saquon Barkley were the people that were literally the worst players in the league <laughs> the top or, or like or they were the, the, the most savvy traders and they knew who the worst players were going to be and didn't fleece them for their first draft pick right 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 um the, the, the longer answer to your question though is I I have come at this point right like we all love this stuff we're all into it enough that we're going to pot about it we're going to talk about it we're going to make friends across like the, like the, these wavelengths together and, like, yes. and have a good conversation um Guys like us are definitely going to be more into it. Like women like Jenna are definitely going to be more into it. And I would say, rather than twisting anybody's arm to get in the league, that always just ends out badly. Right. Go with eight guys that care and just roll with it. You're going to have a ton more fun. And truly, this the size of the league doesn't matter too much at RSO because the the dynamics of the contracts make it so like at any point anybody could be traded. Like it's like. Goody and Goody's sitting on OBJ for like forty five million per year. That's a significant chunk of the cap. In most of like our lives, in most of my worlds, I would never even dream in a dynasty league. I would never dream of giving OBJ away. But like, you could leverage something like Saquon on a rookie contract to to get OBJ plus from from Goody because he's sitting, he's taking up so much of the cap. For sure, that's brilliant. I like it, man. Okay. I could sit here and talk about this for like another hour because I'm thinking about going online after this podcast and joining and uh, being late being late to work. Being late to work because I'll be up till 2 o'clock in the morning researching this. But uh, that's another another topic. So, uh, one more thing. Zach. Yes, absolutely, Matt. Luke said, I mean, we retweet all the time for people who are looking for leagues, you know, and Reality Sports Online yeah. does. So, awesome. like, if, if you're looking to fill two spots or whatever, my recommendation is get get your crew assembled as much as you can. You know, quote the Prince episode of Chappelle or whatever. Yeah. Assemble your crew or whatever. Yes. But 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 then like if if you're if you're two spots short, don't commit to a ten team league yet. Just have the eight floated out there to us, and we'll we'll get the word out that you need two more teams in your league. And and if you don't get those two, then you just stick with the eight, like Luke was saying. For awesome. Us. Very cool. So we'll go to Luke here for the next next segment. So the Scott Fishbowl's going on, and it's been all over Twitter, all over everything. It is straight up awesome. I know CreatorRank.com is a part of that. I know you guys are a part of that. And we'll start with you, Luke, and talk about game theory on this. I'm intrigued by it because I didn't know a whole lot about this until the last probably year and a half. I used to listen to Fantasy Guru in the morning, and I know he would talk about it, John Hansen. So uh, please... Uh, the floor is yours, Luke. Yeah, so short answer is there's a good Minnesota guy, as most Minnesota guys are, named Scott Fish, and he started a Pros versus Joes um, charity tournament that now is basically the kickoff for the fantasy redraft season in summertime. What And it has ballooned to 1,200 participants this year. He has uh, 100 different dra- drafts going on simultaneously, slow drafts, um, on, and basically, so... Goody and I are not in the same division, and he picks a theme each year. Last year was Disney. This year it's uh, it's um, like video game characters, right? So I'm in the Sonic division. Goody's in – what are you in, Goody? Like, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in the Toad division. Oh, nice. Right, so, Mario. Yeah, so, 
So we got that going on, and basically it's a super flex league, and he always adds wrinkles. Scott's one of the more innovative minds and cooler people in our industry. He gives all the money to Fantasy Cares. Absolutely go check it out. Follow along. Follow your favorite analysts. They're all tweeting about their teams right now. Right. And, it's, and he throws in wrinkles like he makes only tight ends full point per, per, point per reception. Um, everybody else is a half point per reception. It's a super flex league. Uh, like and he really penalizes interceptions, and it's, um, yeah, it's just awesome. It's like, it, it's one of the more fun moments of the year. I, I, Goody tends to be exclusively reality sports online at this point, and I, I was like, look, dude, you gotta get, you're gonna love it, just because I know he, too, just can't stay away, and, and right. even he has been able to bear being on a different format because of the kind of cool dynamics of the leagues. So it's, uh, That's awesome. So, so how's your experience so far with everything, Matt? Uh, with this guy, this this was my first year of doing it, and I, you know, I did donate. I kind of like backed Luke's team last year, okay. Just sponsoring, you know, because I, I I love like what it's doing for the kids and buying them toys, and you know, yeah. toys in the holidays, and like how it's building community, and and that's awesome. But like for me, so like this year was an easy decision for me to do it, even though I, you know, I, I'm trying. I try to be very mindful of how many leagues I'm adding <laughs> in front of me. Just because, like, I mean, I, you know, I do at this point, like, with the, us performing this podcast last year, we have a, I'm in three reality sports online leagues, etc. So, like, so, anyways, my, my experience has been pretty good. Like, I, I think the slow draft, the redraft, the email draft thing was something that, like, I, I get antsy really quickly. Like, I feel like I kind of have my picks figured out materially, and if someone grabs a player I want right before, I, I'm having a little trouble adjusting to that, then... This is my first time using my fantasy league, but our, our division finished up yesterday, actually, which I think is, you know, what I'm hearing is a little quicker than most. And, and I, I, yeah. I, I love any format that has some type of dynamic scoring that, that you know, can mimic the NFL in terms of, like, how positions are valued. So, like, I love that interceptions are very punitive, especially for, like, a pick six. You know, I love the super flex format because you're really thinking about, hey, if I this my QB2 is somebody who's, you know, having like a Nathan Peterman type game. Maybe I need to go a different direction. Right. And and so, you know, I, I love all those aspects. It's kind of cool to see everybody get behind it. And, you know, the fan, like, I mean, it's hard. I think it's harder for a fan to get into this tournament than it is probably for someone's kid to get into college these days. Like, I think <laughs> that I heard there was like 12,000, you know, applicants for, you know, 1,200 spots. And being an analyst, I think we have, you know, a little more easy of an in. But it, it's it's really, like, when, once I kind of see that and see how excited people are about, behind it, it's really kind of, you know, put some jet propulsion to my excitement about it. It, it kind of reminds me of the preseason. Like, it, this is like the preseason for the fantasy season, right? It, it, like, we get so excited for the Hall of Fame game, and then you're just ready for it in the preseason rolls, and then there you go. And this seems to be every summer, like 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 Luke said, this is it, man. You know, there's some people that are doing drafts, but this is the quintessential. All the fantasy sports radio shows are going. All of us, most of us podcasters are already going because you win your league by listening to fantasy stuff all year round, as we all agree. But you know, you get the you get the hedge on everybody. So good stuff, guys. That's excellent. That, that pumps me up. Is there any uh, any player you guys got on your teams that you're just amped about? By the way, Luke. One of the good things about the Scott Fishbowl, as you said, much like preseason, it helps sort out and clarify all this the, the noise that we've been hearing all summer, if you've been listening to all these pods. 
and I, and I think major decision points are clarifying. So, for example, in the in the first round, the six running backs went right away. It was kind of my nightmare scenario. I was sitting in the seventh spot, and I was uh-huh. comfortable with I was comfortable with any of those six running backs. And in many other divisions, Travis Kelsey, because of the dynamic t- tight end scoring, was going easily in the top five spots. So I was like, ah. And so I just I took Kelsey. But that forced me into a build that I'm deeply uncomfortable with because it meant that basically the running backs kept going slightly before I were comfortable taking them. So it pushed running back a long time for me. But the upshot is a player I'm very excited about, and I didn't realize how excited I was, but I picked Nick Chubb over James Conner, over Joe Mixon, over Dalvin Cook. Like, Chubb was still on the board, and I picked him. And I was like... Yes! And that that was kind of like, you know, you have to put your money where your mouth is. And I was like, holy crap, I like Nick Chubb over all those players. And And I didn't realize that, like, to be honest. In my own rankings, it wasn't until, like... You know, my prize on the line here. At one point last year, I was the, literally at the top of Scott Fishbowl. It was amazing. My team was number one, and I was, like, hyped. And it matters a lot. It, like, gets your name out there. Yeah, it's yeah. so much fun. And, and like like I said, Goody and other guys, like, generously hopped on. So we were winning money for these kids. And, and yeah, like, so I take it seriously. And it's fun watching the other analysts where those guys go. And apparently I'm more excited about Nick Chubb than I realized. That's awesome. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Anything that jumped well, out at you? Um, I'll be celebrating those Nick Chubb touchdowns as a Browns fan, like with virtual high fives. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, unfortunately, I did not get any Browns on my team. Um, I'm kind of my first two picks were kind of the Saints stalwarts, and Kamara I had the fourth pick overall, and then I got Michael Thomas coming back in the second round. So, okay. I, I think you know a, a lot of my team, and, and people tell me they like the first half of my my draft. You know when I posted it, but I, I think that. You know, for my team to be, you know, to be really good, I took a pretty big shot on DJ Moore in the fifth round, at the beginning of the fifth round, and and I have pretty high hopes for him being a breakout wide receiver this year in the Carolina offense. Some of the splits he had with Newton down the down the stretch last year, even with Newton, you know, not being 100 percent healthy, and so I, I'm kind of ride or die with him. Um, and you know, Jenna told me she really liked the Chris Hogan pick as a Panthers fan at the end. Oh, nice! But um, you know, so I, I think that um, I, I think those are a couple. And then I took some stabs at running back. You know, like Rashad Penny in the eighth round was my is my running back too. And oh, that's I, I beautiful. I devalue that position a little bit. So I have some, I have some guys who have some potential at the running back position. I feel like with a high end like Kamara, it afforded me to take more chances at some of the other positions. Yeah, Kamara is just a machine in any format, whether it's standard PPR, half point PPR. He just is is in the upper echelon, period. And we saw what he did the first month last year. I mean, Latavius Murray, sure, he's there, but I I just think that it's Kamara's backfield. So we'll see. I think Latavius Murray will be good. Don't get me wrong, but I think Kamara's going to take that step. So that's awesome. So real quick, uh, trending news that's going on right now I want to get your guys' opinion on. So it broke on Thursday. We actually filmed our normal uh, lineup locked episode on Thursday night because some of the guys were out of town this weekend. We normally do it on Saturday mornings. And Ronald Jones and Melvin Gordon are two names that are kind of trending big time right now. So we'll start with Melvin Gordon because that's more newsy than anything in my opinion. And a lot of listeners are reaching out. A lot of people are freaking out. People, do I draft him? Do I not? People are really freaking out, thinking this might turn into a Lev Bell situation. So we'll, we'll give the mic to you, Luke. What is your thought on what's going with Melvin Gordon right now? Should people panic or just relax? 
I'm going to say relax, totally. I, I think if I was on the board, he is still my fifth or sixth running back after that top tier of four goes. And I was I was actually really thrilled for Goody. I told him before the draft, when Kamara fell to him at four, I think Kamara in this format is looking at like a top two finish. Like I would be more confident in Kamara than say even Barkley or Zeke at this point. Um, and I feel pretty confident in Gordon too. Look, Phil Rivers is... A, is a, a stalwart in that organization. He's got a couple years left. He has enough influence to say, "Get this guy in the room for me." They have the money to do it. Yes, they're they're both sides are negotiating right now. The agent is using what leverage he has to try to get a deal done, and I do think they'll do right by Gordon as much as they can. It's just a matter of whether or not he'll accept a deal that's more, I think, in the Tevin Coleman range or something. Like I don't know that he's going to get Gurley money. Um, I don't know even if that he's going to get like McKinnon money. So like he's it, it, that's gonna that's the only point of tension for me. But they're going to get something done, and he's going to be a charger in my mind. All right, Matt. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about it yet. I think that he seems to be, like, communicating a little more, being less cryptic than Lev Bell was, or you know, early on in this process. It's, it's pretty early. I mean, I, I also, I, I think that, I you know, when I when I saw the news break, I kind of Googled, Googled who his agent was, mm-hmm. just to see who the agent's other clients were, and, and Kamara's one of the clients, I mean... This agent got suspended for three months for something with Jarvis Landry, but it was—it seemed to be just kind of a mishap. Xavier Howard's a client, so like I, I think it's a little bit different than maybe Bell Bell's agents in that case. And, and I know he's kind of following Bell's path at least like similarly, and running backs get paid. But I mean, the Chargers were four zero in Gordon's absence last year. I, I think you know he he wants to stay. I think they're going to make it happen, and and I, I think that there, there's still there's still time to do it. And I you know. I know the Chargers have had some history of holdouts before with like Vincent Jackson and some of those same things, but I, I, I think I think ultimately, you know, I, I think Gordon's a little bit different of a guy than Lev Bell, and, and I, I would tell people to relax. I mean, it's a little harder to do that in Dynasty, I think, but you know, redraft, I, I'm not worried about right now. Okay, and then uh, Ronald Jones is number two player I want to talk about. Luke will go to you. He's uh, gained muscle. Uh, there's a lot of rumors. There's uh, one little rumor that Duke Johnson might be on his way to Tampa that we heard this week. I don't know what the validity is of that. But as of right now, he's still a Cleveland Brown. And Ronald Jones' thoughts for you, Luke. What do you think with him? Yeah, I don't really get the upside of Ronald Jones that everybody's pointing to. Analysts that I trusted last year were citing all over the place, including Barfield. Like, they, the people were not enamored of Ronald Jones coming in, into the league he was widely perceived as a reach. And I don't know who we are in this community that we second-guess ourselves when we actually hit and get it right, right? Like, like, he, right, right, like right. people called him a bust, anticipated it, did better than the actual NFL management for once. And then they're, like, not just for once, but they, like, used good analytical arguments, and now they're backing down saying, like, his price has fallen enough that he's enticing. I don't know that it has. Like, all the reports out of the offseason, like, like Arians, when he was asked about his running backs, didn't bring up Ronald Jones' name. He brought up Peyton Barber and said that he was really impressed with that kid. And okay. frankly, that kid seems to be one. Like I read into both of them, and Barber came into the league in order to provide for his family. He takes this seriously as a job. He's not bulking up because he got called out by the GM. I'm I'm not impressed with Ronald Jones as a kid, and and frankly, I think Barber's going to take that job. Shot shots fired. Point, <laughs> yeah, and as you say, Zach, and I think this is like not to be under undersold. If they're like if all that smoke around bringing in a, a pass catching back too, like 
Ronald Jones never caught passes at USC. I mean, this is not no. to say that he can't, but like, let's be real. Like that, that is a, if they bring in like a Chris Thompson or a, a Duke Johnson type, like then I, I just see his, his value is vaporized. Well, he's got the oven mitt hands, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. it's like he's got, got oven mitts exactly. on that he's trying to catch. Matt, you want to say anything about Ronald Jones in closing? Luke did a very good job at analyzing that. I do agree about the second guessing. I mean, he didn't show out in his big in some of the big games and moments against like NFL type, you know, quality defenses. And you know, the Pac-12 is kind of a scoring fest, kind of like the the Big 12 can be. And when he has chance against like the Ohio States of the world, he really didn't do anything. So I, I and the reception piece, like I, you know. Especially in a format like Reality Sports Online, that that seems to me like you probably have people who picked them with their first round rookie picks or trying to unload them, and that seems like a, a sucker play because the sample size is pretty small right. too. Wouldn't touch them and redraft for the sample on the sample size alone. So yeah, I, I mean, I think Barber's a tremendous value. You know, I think he went pretty. I feel like in Scott Fishbowl, he was past like the fifteenth round. Or oh yeah. So, yeah, Jones is going division. well above him. So, yeah, so I, I think like I, you know, there's I'd rather have Barber in that case as well. Perfect. Well, I know you guys are getting close, to having to get out of here, so we're gonna get out. Of, we're gonna close this pretty quick. Uh, what I think the issue with Ronald Jones is, and as far as experts and what we talk about, I think that we're still in that waiver wire mode from the end of last year, and he's a guy that you love at the end of the year because it's all about usage. You pick up a Jalen Samuels or an X because now they're the starter, right? So I think that a lot of people are still programmed in that value. He's going to get the the carries, and I think that might be where the mentality's carrying over, I'm thinking. But I'm with you guys. It does make – if they're out looking for talent still and it's not being talked about, that's something. So, Matt, in closing with you, uh, any names you want our listeners to know about – this upcoming season that they should try to target, that they should try to look for and put on their teams that you think are championship guys. All right. Luke and I always beat the drum of Dante Pettis, so I'm going to go a different direction here. I mean, I like first, I, I, first I had already mentioned DJ Moore. I like I, I like DJ Moore a lot to outperform, and I think his, dra- his draft slotting is probably like a, as a mid-round guy in a, in a redraft. So I, him... Um, certainly, I, I I really like Vance McDonald in any in you know most formats um, at tight end position. I just think there's a lot of available targets there, um, and, and I think the tight end position has some really interesting guys. If if you're outside of those top three, you know the Kelsey Kittle Ertz guys, I, I really think there's some options there as well. Perfect. And then Luke, you anybody? Uh, as far as guys that I that I'm a believer in, I really, uh, yeah. I mean, Dante Pettis is the latest one. I I, I actually am. I think it, it's worth taking a look, as you alluded to before, at Latavius Murray. I just think the the Saints are a really smart franchise, and they've produced uh, like multiple seasons. Of goal line looks, goal yeah. line looks, man. Two top ten running backs coming out of that, and as long as you believe in Drew Brees to hang in there for another season, I don't see why they wouldn't get plenty of goal line looks along the way. I guess that the one that I would caution people and and push people away from, and and is really going to cost you at the top of your draft, is I'm not a believer in Lev Bell. Like ever since I've been a little kid uh, playing like little league football, I just think 
a running back, even the best ones are largely defined by their play calling and their lines. And, and I don't know that we've ever seen Lev Bell behind a line as poor as the one that he's going to run behind in the Jets. I just don't have a lot of room to opt for optimism there. I don't see a lot of game scripts that's going to favor him. And I'm usually just like a volume is king guy. Mm-hmm. But I, I, but Lev Bell has been sitting out. Like his body's different now. I, there's just so many red flags. I just can't. I mean, the man, he's, he's a poor rapper, so Goody doesn't like him. Like it's just like, <laughs> there's all these red flags. Like, and, and, but yeah, like I just, I, I've, I found myself every time I'm staring at Lev Bell, like I'm like I don't want to pay that price, whether it be an auction at RSO <laughs> or whether it be in the, the first or second round of a redraft league. I thought you were about to get crazy with it when you first started going your Lev Bell rant. I thought you were going to tell us you've not liked him since he was in Pop Warner because you're talking about being a kid. I'm like, oh my gosh, you saw him play at Pop Warner, and you're like that guy is never yeah. like, I'm like wow, that's a whole other angle. No, no, that was just <laughs> my scrawny self looks dynamic behind like a great offensive line like those guys were blowing things up and i was like i'm on the b team on pop warner like looking feeling like ladanian tomlinson right? like, like you know like and I, w- I guess it would have been like herschel walker you know it was like it was, right it was right feeling great, but, like, yeah man i love Bell is not my scene this year and i'm uh, mad anybody you would uh, like to tell our listeners to stay away from stay away from that's a that's a good thing um i'm gonna upset the apple cart here and my partner but Kirk Cousins just isn't doing anything for me this year. I love I love Diggs. I love Thielen. <laughs> I, I think Dalvin Cook's going to have a pretty good year in a Gary Kubiak scene. But I, something of something with Cousins just like and how he shows up for the big games and all that. I, I, I just I have seen enough turnovers out of him. I think the lines improved and and it, trust me, I'd love to see Cousins have a good year. But I, I just I think he's been. I'm I'm basically saying this relative to where he's finished the last couple of years as like a QB eight. Right, right. There's just, there's just you know with Baker Mayfield's ascension with Jared Goff, you know, getting Cooper Cup back, like those type of guys are, are guys that I'm just saying. And Carson Wentz, you know, being 100 percent healthy, like those are guys that are are climbing him. And I and I view I view Cousins more as like QB 14, 15, probably this round. So so like I'm not saying he's necessarily gonna have a horrible year, but I don't know that you're you're grabbing him as your fantasy starter this year. Okay. It's and for, for those of you, you, we're FaceTiming, so not all of you can see that, but Luke gave him the Tony Stark eye roll that is the yes. gift that it's very, whenever he yes. mentioned Kirk, Kirk Cousins. That's well said, Zach. And let, and let me say this, because I just, I just don't believe in leading people astray, and I respect Goody's analysis most of the time, but like his day drinking is becoming a problem with this Kirk Cousin thing. Like, so... Kirk Cousins, let me give you a few. Like, let me give you a few. Uh, eight, eight, five, six, uh, and thirteen. The thirteen was the lowest that he's finished in his years as a starting quarterback. He, for anybody that watched Vikings game last year, which, like, that happens to be me and every other Minnesota fan. Like, the line literally just got him destroyed for the latter half of the year, and he still finished thirteenth. It was like they were trotting out guys that looked like the three of us showed up and said, "Like, we're here to help." And then that's who was like playing offensive line for Invincible like, Part Two. Let's yeah, go. Exactly. Like, and so yes, I I think it's extraordinary to value Diggs and Thielen as the community does, rightly so, and. To pretend that the man delivering them the ball is not going to be able to do that at a rate that he has in his past few seasons when he's still in the prime of his career. Um, so yes, I, I think that. I, I mean, I just don't see a world in which he finishes outside, like at quarterback one. I think I, I have a feeling this might be Goody and I's first official bet that we do like on air. Do it, do it. Like, 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 he's going to have to get Thielen's 
face tattooed on him like that fan that's breaking all over the news right now. So, like, oh, you're going to have a Kurt Cousins tramp stamp, man. It's going to be terrible. Yeah, it's going to be bad. <laughs> just say you like that. You like that, that right? Yeah, with an arrow pointing down. You like that? Yes. Well, gentlemen, I ran over a little bit. I apologize greatly. Thank you so much from the Creator Rank family for you guys coming on. This has been a blast. This is a fun 45, 50 minutes. Good stuff, man. Thanks for having us on. Thank oh, for you. sure, man. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Uh, one last time before we get out of here, Matt, will you give the listeners your uh, Twitter information, sir? Sure. Um, you can find me, Matt Goodwin, at MattGoody2 on Twitter. You can find the All About Reality podcast at anchor.fm slash RSO podcast. And Luke? Uh, again, at fantasy.oc and look for All About Reality. We can't uh, kind of stole enough what you guys do over at creator rank in this community you, you hype each other up there's a lot of cross-pollination people should absolutely check you guys out and, and do listen to this pod and, and bounce back and forth for the best they can possibly get absolutely i thank you again gentlemen and you should tweet at them both and start thinking of bets for Kirk cousins i like the tramp stamp idea by the way <laughs> so feel free <laughs> feel free to make that happen listeners so once again thank you guys for coming on this is a creator rank podcast uh, we are friends of the show with you guys, so I appreciate you guys coming on and telling us everything about it. I'm going to be contacting you guys shortly if I can find seven or eight buddies because I'm about that life. I am a, I am, I am the fantasy nerd. I'm all about it. So thank you guys so much again. Uh, rock and roll. This is Lineup Locked. Peace. <laughs>